first, let me talk to you about American financing. If you have not refinanced your mortgage, uh, please look into this. Just go to American financing. You are overpaying if you're paying four or even three percent on your mortgage. And you also have high interest credit cards. You can roll those in, reset the mortgage without resetting the terms of your your mortgage. It'll save you hundreds of dollars a month. If you have a lot of high interest uh, credit cards, could save you a thousand dollars a month just on what you're paying there. Please, please get your finances under control. There is there's um, there's no high pressure. There's no hidden fees. Nothing. Just call American Financing. Ten short minutes will uh, let you know whether they can help you or not. It's American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. More in just a second with Megan Kelly next. warning for years on what the left has been preparing and pushing and now we are seeing it come to fruition and the ramifications are beginning to show up these are the catastrophic results uh, of progressivism and now what it has turned into insanity there's an all-out assault on the social fabric of our country critical race theory known as neo-marxism being taught in our children's public and private schools Boys are being taught to reject masculinity. Girls are being taught to reject their femininity. We're being told now that race determines whether you're a good person or a bad person, or if your country is racist or not. In in short, everything good is evil and everything evil is good. What was right uh, is now wrong. What is wrong is now right. Our kids are so screwed up. The kids are not going to schools. The, the suicide rates among youth are spiraling. And nobody's really talking about it except parents. Tonight on Blaze TV, I'm going to discuss the national suicide that the left is committing by destroying our culture, our way of life, and how it is leading to actual suicide with our kids. We have multiple guests to talk about multiple things one of which is critical race theory and i was listening to megan kelly's podcast this morning before i uh, came into work and she has an amazing story about how critical race theory is just destroying children one in particular in st louis we talked to megan kelly she'll tell you the story in 60 seconds the glenn beck program All right, let me tell you about uh, American Financing. American Financing are mortgage consultants that will help you uh, do a free mortgage review. They there's no there's no pressure. 
There's no obligation. Uh, there's no upfront or hidden fees or anything like that. All you do is you call them up, and they're going to take a look at your financial situation and give you the best advice possible on how to proceed. If you have high-interest credit card debt, you should fold that into your mortgage now without resetting the term of your mortgage. If your mortgage is 4%, even 3%, you'll save hundreds of dollars just on your mortgage, again, without resetting the terms by calling American Finance. They will give you the best advice, and I urge you always to do your own homework. Don't just call them. Call other people as well. See the best deal you can get. I'll bet you you're going to find it with American Financing. American Financing, they don't work for the banks. They work for you at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Megan Kelly joins us. Uh, Megan, I I usually listen to the New York Times, the Daily, the first thing when I get up in the morning, and I, I, my head was going to explode because they were the New York Times was lecturing Texas on what we need to do uh, for power. I couldn't take it, uh, but then I was I was listening to yours as as well right after, and you spoke to somebody we refer to as Jane Doe, a seventeen year old girl who was accused of racism. Uh, in St. Louis. Tell me her story. Uh, Glenn, it was one of those things where I saw a news report that she had, her family had hired a lawyer and filed a claim against the school. And I thought, well, this is one of the first of its kind, you know, a family pushing back on this racist ideology when it really hurts an actual live student, right? And there's actual pain and intentional emotional distress inflicted. And I thought there's no way this family's going to let this girl speak, but they did. So we used Jane Doe instead of her real name. And it turned out to be probably the most emotionally gripping interview I've done since I launched the podcast. Back it in was really September. good. Yeah. This poor girl. Um, you can, you know, feel her pain. Frankly, if you listen to the interview, you can hear it build until she kind of can't take it anymore. And she, she breaks down and you can, I think just get put a, if not a face, at least a voice on the, the damage this nonsense ideology is doing to our children. Somebody just online just asked me, why are you so focused on this? For the reasons you just said prior to introducing me, because the suicide rate amongst our children is peaking. It's, it's mm-hmm. out of control between COVID and now this. And what worse time could you think of to pile one more thing on these children? Every single white kid is a racist. Every boy is full of toxic masculinity. They were born bad. And that's what this girl's school allegedly believes. So Jane tells a story of how she was at a, uh, it was basically a camper, a, camp, a camping event with some friends. And they revealed to her that there are there three black girls in their 50 or so person, uh, all girl class. It's a Catholic private school. So she's a senior and in her uh, 50 or so person class, there are three black girls. And one of them, she finds out has alleged that she stood up in the middle of a class and pointed at the black student and yelled, all black lives do not matter or black lives do not matter. <laughs> and that's not good. Unfor- unfortunately for the, for the accuser, it turns out that this class was on tape because it was in person, but it was also being offered via Zoom, and all Zoom classes are taped. So there's a tape of the mm. entire class. 
And according to Jane Doe, the tape shows nothing of the kind. Nothing. And moreover, Glenn, you would imagine if a girl stood up, if a white girl stood up in a class and yelled that at a black girl, it would be a huge deal. And the teacher yeah. would have intervened, and in the moment it would be huge, none of which happened. And this, the teacher, according to Jane Doe, backed Jane Doe and said, this never happened. This is made up. And according to Jane Doe, the accuser has a history of making up tales along these lines. Well, it should have been over in one day. Didn't happen. Don't know why she alleged it. You owe her an apology for dragging her name for the mud, through the mud. And because of critical race theory and this school's belief that, as they said directly to Jane Doe, all white people are racist. All white people are white supremacists. Um, she was treated as though she still was the aggressor and in the wrong, Jane Doe was, even though it appears she was the victim here. Then now the school's denying all this. The school gave us a statement saying the complaint is riddled with falsehoods, you know, and we'll have our chance to defend ourselves. But they haven't produced the videotape. It'd be very easy for them to say, here's the tape. Jane Doe did it. Watch. Didn't happen. And, you know, until and unless it does, this girl deserves the benefit of the doubt because there's not a single witness other than the accuser behind closed doors saying that it did. Not one student in the class has come forward to say she did it. The teacher didn't come forward to say she did it. In fact, the teacher allegedly said to Jane Doe, first thing after, I know this isn't true. Of course, I was there. But the school has allowed this young woman's life to be ruined for no reason other than she happens to have been born with white skin and her accuser happens to have been born with black skin. How has her life been ruined? She's become the scourge of the St. Louis school system. So word travels fast in these schools, yeah. and the word got out that she did it. The, the girl was spreading the rumor. It, it, of course, if true, would have been a huge thing. And so she became the target of social media bullies, public mockery. Within her own school, the word got out that she did it. You know, kids who weren't in the class and so on. And, you know, where do you go to get your, your reputation back? The school won't stand up and publicly say it didn't happen, even though why? Chile, why? they've told her why they say it's because given the time we're in, this is what Jane alleges, given the times that we're in right now, um, we have to be extra sensitive to a student of color, even one making what appears to be a false allegation. That is, uh, this is <laughs> Megan. I honestly, I don't know how to take it anymore. I really don't. I don't, I don't know what to say on the air anymore. I don't know how to, uh, you know, uh, I I encourage people that, you know, things are going to work out because this is this has gone beyond madness, beyond madness. The the accuser in this case allegedly said she's a Trump supporter. Jane Doe is a Trump supporter. Her family are Trump supporters, which is true. And all Trump supporters are racist, right? We've heard that before. And Jane Doe has cops in her family and had a sticker on her computer that had a blue line in it, which apparently there's a distinction between Blue Lives Matter and this sticker. But this is basically I support police. Mm -hmm. And she felt it was important to have it because of all the 
allegations being made writ large about police over the summer, which she didn't believe, and she thought her uncle and others had served honorably. And she was told by the school in this context, that's racist. The accuser was given the option of making her take it off of her computer by administrators who were donning BLM paraphernalia on their computers and T-shirts and so on, right? So only one message is okay. This is at a Catholic private school in the Midwest, Glenn, right? We're not talking about the New York City, Upper West Side, liberal bastions where I am. Um, And so she and her family were at their wit's end. Uh, She could get no help. And when you hear the distress caused to this young woman, I really hope it puts what we hear about, you know, like Chris Rufo's tweets and his efforts Mm -hmm. to document what critical race theory is doing into something you can really understand, something tangible. Like, this is a, an actual girl who is in real distress now because of these nonsense theories that she's being made to pay for sins of the father 200 years ago. We already know, uh, because of things that were done in the schools in the 50s and 60s to show how easy it is to get kids to turn against Jews, um remember they used to the, the teacher that did the you know blue eye brown eye kind of thing and it was easy by the time they went for recess that they were already segregating themselves it, it, this is this is that program writ large that this is the actual dividing of the country in in very dangerous ways and uh you know if you say that you're not going to have a voice for long well, that's the thing. So it's hard enough for grown-ups on Twitter to stand up to the mob and say, calm down. What's your evidence? Let's see the proof, right? Like, enough with these sweeping condemnations based on immutable characteristics, which back when I went to school was not okay to do. Um, think of 16-year-old girls. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you'll do anything to avoid the wrath of oh, the yeah. mob at that age, oh, having... Yeah to do with anything. I mean, you could wear the wrong sweater and, and it could, they could turn on you. Something like this in today's day and age, when of course we're all being told there's only one position to have, otherwise you're a bad person. Can you imagine how hard it was for her so, to find a friend to stand by her? Even girls who knew it wasn't true, you know, according to her complaint and her testimonial to me, they knew it wasn't true, but they were afraid. They're all afraid. So, Megan, I know you have to run. Let me ask you one more question. Um, you asked her at the beginning of the interview, uh, are you planning on going to college? And she said, yes. Uh, that doesn't usually happen when you're when you're standing out and been accused of something. Who's accepting her? And does she really think, do you think that she has a chance of actually going to the college that she wanted to go to? Well, I didn't I don't know where she's going. She didn't want to reveal that. Um, if it's a more right-leaning college, and that would be an option of two, (laughs) Um, (laughs) then they probably are more open-minded about her (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Megan, thank you so much. Yeah, I think you'll find entertaining. All right, see you soon. It was good. Thank you. Uh, Megan Kelly, her podcast uh, every day. You should uh, you should listen to it. I think it's three times a week. It's really, really good. Um, By the way, she mentioned Christopher Rufo. Um, he just, uh, scooped everyone on yet another, uh, problem in our schools, the new language of public education. He's going to be on our special tonight. 
national suicide. Uh, we're going to talk about the actual suicide of our kids and what's happening. Uh, we are going to talk about the national suicide of uh, of unity uh, of of our culture. All of it tonight at 9 p.m. We ask that you would support us in our mission by joining us and becoming a team member at the Blaze. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You're going to save 30% right now. We'd love for you to be on the team. Support us. We have your back. Uh, we would ask that you would stand and have our back as well. Tonight, a... Uh, a very different and dangerous topic, probably one of the more important topics, what's happening in our schools. I'm going to give you a sneak peek of the new language of public education in one minute. Stand by. <sighs> okay. Uh, our sponsor uh, this half hour is uh, RecTech. I don't know if you can. I can't pan. Hey, Tim, can you come over and pan the, uh, the camera over? to see just past everything there's one thing out on our out on our porch it's it's covered in sawdust and and everything is i think it's that camera isn't it uh it's covered in sawdust and everything it's the rectech grill is sitting right there i don't know if you can see it uh but the rectech grill is sitting right outside and it's ready to cook whatever we need uh, because that thing isn't going down. If you are looking for something uh, that really is the best in the industry, and you can check any other grills and AB compare them, they cut out the middleman, so all of that extra money goes into building this thing, and it is fantastic. You can you can bake in it, whatever it is you're cooking or smoking. Rectech is the one that you want to go to. I want you to go to Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com slash Glenn, uh, Rectech dot com. Check them out, AB Compare, and do what I do. When you are looking to grill outside, no matter how cold it is, Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. 10 seconds, station ID. So uh, Christopher Rufo, who is on the special tonight, he's going to be talking about the dangers of this um, this new language of public education that is everywhere. Uh, this was distributed by uh, Barnard Hess and uh, his group, the Slow Factory Foundation. This comes from the schools in New York. And it was sent home with all white students. And they, it is a, it's a little meter that says the, white, uh, the eight white identities. There's a regime of whiteness and there's action-oriented white identities. People who identify with whiteness are one of these. It's about time we build an, an ethnography of whiteness since white people have been the ones writing about and governing others. There is a regime of whiteness. The first part is white supremacist, clearly marked white society that preserves names and values white superiority. Okay, so wait a minute, because I, I don't think that white people are superior, but uh, I would like to preserve name uh, and value the culture 
that was created by the pilgrims who happened to be white, uh, the founders who happened to be white. Then the next one on the scale, uh, by the way, you're you're in red territory, white voyeurism. This is somebody that wouldn't challenge a white supremacist, desires non-whiteness because it's interesting, pleasurable, seeks to control the consumption and uh, an appropriation of non-whiteness, fascination with culture, consuming black culture without the burden of blackness. So next from white supremacists, next still in the red is white voyeurism. So somebody who is white and wants to be white but enjoys black culture then there's white privilege now you're in the orange section may critique supremacy but a deep investment in questions of fairness equality under the normalization of whiteness and the white rule sworn goal of diversity then white benefit you're starting to get into the yellow sympathetic to a set of issues but only privately won't speak or act in solidarity publicly because it's um, because benefiting through whiteness in public some pocs are in this category of well then in the yellow is the white confessional some exposure of whiteness takes place but as a way of being accountable to people of color after they seek validation from people of color then into the green white critical take on board critiques of whiteness and invest in exposing marketing the uh, white regime refuses to be complicit with the uh, with the regime whiteness speaking back to whiteness then deep green the white traitor actively refuses complicity names what's going on intention is to subvert white authority and tell the truth at whatever the cost need them to dismantle institutions and the last one the best one you can be is a white abolitionist changing institutions dismantling whiteness and not allowing whiteness to reassert itself now, I don't know about you, but I would like to know exactly what whiteness means. Unfortunately, every time I look for something on what whiteness means, uh, it goes to standing on your own two feet, having a sense of responsibility and work ethic. Uh, if that's how you define whiteness, first of all, I think you're a racist, but I'm for those traits. I don't know about everybody else. Don't be bullied. But also, you've got to know the facts. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Don't miss my Wednesday night special. This is the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Goldline. Uh, Goldline is, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the news again yet today. But Goldline uh, has seen the news, and anybody who is working with Goldline uh, has probably seen the news right now. Right now, Bank of America is calling for a 5 to 10% market correction in the first quarter of this year. Meanwhile, Janet Yellen and friends are blasting $2 trillion of cash into the atmosphere. It's going to burn up on reentry. You have the collapse of the emerging markets that are on the horizon, they say, due to inflation, because we're inflating our money. Bitcoin is up to, what, 51,000 a coin? 
look, Bitcoin, great investment, but I don't know what happens. Same with gold, except I do know what happens. Every time the world collapses and the economies collapse, gold and silver is where people run to. Before silver goes through the roof, call Goldline. Before gold completely goes through the roof, call Goldline and talk to them about their specials. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Again, special 930 tonight. Become a Blaze team member at blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. So here's some... uh Here's some wonderful news. Uh, Bill Gates is uh, no longer the world's richest man, but he has a new title. He is America's farmland king. Billionaire Microsoft co-founder has become the largest owner of farmland in the United States by quietly buying up massive plots all across the country. Gates portfolio comprises of 242,000 acres of farmland and nearly 27,000 acres of other lands across 19 states. Uh, The biggest chunks of Gates holdings are in Louisiana and Arkansas, where he owns 69,000 acres and 47,000 acres. Um, He also reportedly owns about 16,000 acres in his home state of Washington, including a 14,500 acre tract in the Horse Heaven Hills region that he purchased for $171 million. The land is owned both directly and indirectly by Cascade Investments, the Seattle area firm that Gates, the world's third largest man in net worth of $132 billion, set up to manage his massive fortune. Um, A hint at Gates' huge farm holdings emerged in 2014. Uh, The the, uh, money manager who serves as Cascade's chief investment officer uh, was quoted in a piece, said the firm owns at least 100,000 acres of farmland in California, Illinois, Iowa, Louisiana, and other states, or an area seven times bigger than Manhattan. Now, in completely unrelated news, Bill Gates wants you to fill up on fake meat for the sake of the planet. In a recent interview with uh, MIT Tech Review, the Microsoft co-founder slash philanthropist slash farmer has doubled down on his beef with beef, arguing that rich countries should ditch the ribeye and fill their shopping uh, carts with fake meat instead. While going to plant-based isn't a viable option for the poorest 80 countries, Gates said, I do think all the rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. You'll get used to the taste. I love this, how these people are just telling us what we're going to get used to and we're going to like. (sighs) You'll get used to the taste difference. And the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Oh, great. Eventually, green premium is uh, modest enough that you can uh, sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. Oh. Oh, well, that's really good. So we'll just use regulation to shift the demand or, uh, you know, some uh, green premium that will sort of 
change the behavior. Uh, Stephen, do we have the audio from that guy? Where was he up in Massachusetts when he was talking about climate change and how they're in Massachusetts? There's no one left to blame for climate change. No one. I mean, well, there is somebody. It's you. If you live in Massachusetts, all of the big firms, all of the big industry, they've already done everything. Now it's just up to those people on a fixed income. Let me know if you have it, Sarah. In his new book, How to Avoid Climate Disaster, billionaire uh, Bill Gates contemplates the technology breakthroughs and government policies needed to clean up plant poisoning industries like steel, cement, and agriculture. You know, is, you know what's great is if we could just get rid of steel, cement, and agriculture, we would be set, wouldn't we? The, play, the planet would be healed. Of course, we wouldn't have any roads. We wouldn't have any buildings or food. It's no secret that the latter is a gargantuan contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. The last one I just want to point out is agriculture. Farms. It makes up nearly a third of all emissions from livestock production. So clearly something has to be done. Isn't it great to know that our farmland is being built, uh, is being bought up by this guy? Who believes that we should stop growing cows, stop having chicken ranches, doing all kinds of anything with animals. We got to get rid of them. You can't have cows anymore, Bill Gates said. You can't have cows anymore. That would be politically an unpopular approach. As far as the health of the planet goes, there is little option but to switch to meat substitutes. It's near impossible to eliminate the, uh, the potent methane emissions associated with your go-to five guys order without rearing fewer cows. There are things where we feed them different food. Uh, like there's this one compound that gives you a 20% reduction in methane emissions. But sadly, those bacteria in the digestive system that produces methane are necessary part of breaking down the grass. So I don't know if there's going to be a natural approach here. We're just going to be required to get rid of beef. Oh, well, thank goodness for that, right? Hey, by the way, in unrelated news, some good news for him because he's been struggling his investment of $17 billion in vaccines has paid off to the tune of $200 billion. Now, I think that's great. He was just ahead of the curve, you know? Yeah, I mean, he also, you know, did hold the whole uh, think tank last, uh, well, it was uh, two falls ago, right before COVID was found. And and it was all based on a COVID virus and how they could use this to heal the planet. And uh, they could bring in the Great Reset. But thats I just wanted to point out some good news uh, with him because I think that's uh, great. And by the way, um, he did acknowledge that his climate change policies may cause some dislocation. Uh, now, that's only 2.8 million Americans who work in the oil and gas industry, but they're going to learn how to code. So there's not a problem that way. Uh, and he's got it all under control. We should trust Bill Gates. I think he is 
fantastic. By the way, um, here are the people now that in this meeting of uh, the uh, the green industry in some northeastern states. Here is the guy from Massachusetts talking to the other states and uh, and he talks about who to blame. What what can be done now about green uh, emissions and reducing the carbon footprint? Because everybody who could that were the big targets, they've already reduced as much as they can. So who do we go to now? Listen. Uh, you know, one thing that we found through our analysis is that 60% of our emissions come from, from, as I have been starting to say, you and me, except you guys are in Vermont. 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. So let me say that again. 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you, the person across the street, the senior on fixed income, right? These There is no bad guy left, at least in Massachusetts, pointing mm. the finger at, turn the screws on, and, you know, break their will so they stop mm. emitting. That's you. We have to break your will, right? <laughs> I can't even wow. say that publicly. So we get to break their will. That's good. Turn the thumb screws on. I love that. This was smuggled out. This was never supposed to be heard by you. And they wonder why we don't trust them. They wonder why we don't trust our own government. We don't trust our our elected officials. We don't trust the bureaucracy. We don't trust the media. The media was supposed to be the last line of defense. The media was supposed to be not in bed with the government. The media was was supposed to be the watchdog against the government. They were supposed to watch out for the things that we might miss. You know, things like, ah, yeah, we're going to have to probably turn the thumbscrews onto the average person and break their will. That doesn't seem like a representative uh, and a representative uh, uh, republic, does it? Does it? What we are seeing right now in Texas, can I please play the Joy Reid um, uh, segment on Texas? Listen to this. First, the state was struck by a once in a generation storm triggered, of course, by climate change, something that really? Governor Greg Abbott doesn't take seriously, given his plans to sue the Biden administration for trying to do something about it. Mm. Then there's the state's fully independent electrical grid, which apparently buckled under the overwhelming demand and forced rolling blackouts. Critics are saying that Abbott was too slow to respond, a criticism he's received before, given his laissez-faire attitude toward the pandemic. Over the Mm. weekend, Abbott, the same guy suing Biden for federal overreach, called the president asking for federal help. A perplexing move from a state whose leaders are chattering on about seceding from the rest of the country. Mm. It's even more hypocritical when you think about the state's long history of railing against the federal government, at least when it's in Democratic hands. Remember back in 2013 when Senators Ted Cruz and John Cornyn voted to block New York and New Jersey from getting help after Superstorm Sandy? Yeah, so do I. You hear lots of complaints coming from Republicans droning on about blue state bailouts, but these same folks from secession-curious states are more than happy to dial up the federal government in moments of crisis. No. No, we're not, Joy. I don't want the federal government's help. I'm glad Joe Biden hasn't called the state of Texas to offer any help. I don't want it. I want you to stay out of my state. 
You know, the reason why we're in this problem is because our windmills froze. Why does a state that has all of the oil and gas you could possibly ever need? Why are we getting so much of our power from windmills? Because we buckled to the progressives. Texas, it's time to pull your boots up and stick it up the asses of anybody who is trying to change your state and make you less independent. We need to be independent because otherwise the entire country goes down and there will be no place to run. It used to be, where will you run? Well, you'd run to the United States. You'd do anything you could to get here if you wanted to be free. But where are you going to run when Texas goes down? I want you to watch tonight's special. National suicide. What's really happening in our country. Don't miss it. Tonight, what's killing our kids. The case of national suicide. 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV and Blaze TV YouTube. Don't miss it. All right. My Patriot Supply. We were talking about uh, just yesterday. Should we open up the boxes of My Patriot Supply? Should we start uh, eating some of that food? Because you can't find an egg anywhere. You can't find a lot of the food Um and luckily, we have water storage because uh, we've got, I think, a little bit of poop in our water. I'm not sure. They say that they say that we're supposed to boil our water now because of the uh, sewage system uh, is broken down. But uh, I think if we boil it, it's still it's poop stew, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, uh, we have emergency food. Do you have emergency food? My Patriot Supply is there right now, waiting for you, able to help you if you are in a situation or if you look at, you know, our situation and understand, you know what, that's probably going to happen to us as well. At some point, it will. Do you have emergency food supply? Please be prepared and go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Order now. MyPatriotSupply.com Last night, Don Lemon on CNN. Trump supporters have taken over the Republican Party. The Republican Party can no longer say that they don't agree with the insurrectionists, with the bigots, with the racists, with the white supremacists, with the anti-Semites, because that's what they have clearly shown through their actions, especially over the last five years. I don't know what's wrong with him. Yes, we can. We clearly can. They are living in such a bubble that they are creating this narrative in which it will be okay to try all of us for some sort of crime against humanity. It is the same as what happened in the 1950s. The average American can do very little. They, they, they must depend upon those of us whom they send down here to man the watchtowers of the nation.
Trump's disrespectful facts. In order to develop the facts. It's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. If we, unless we, make sure that there is no infiltration of our government.